We're so glad you've joined us today for this teaching from City of Life Church. For information on City of Life and to find more teachings like this, visit us at www.col.tv. Now, let's join the service. Turn with me to Isaiah 43, verse 19. Isaiah 43, 19, it says this, God speaking to his people. He says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Another version says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? The title of this message today is look where you're going. Look where you're going. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are speaking to us. And we thank you that Calvary has truly covered it all. You have purchased uh, for us a life that is abundant. You've redeemed us from the curse of sin and you've set us on a path toward glory. And we thank you that you've been with us every step of the way as we get into your word today. Speak and let lives be transformed. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen. Oh, it's a good day in church. So we're talking about the idea of Tomorrowland. Anyone see that robot? Yeah, that, we're praying for him to get saved. I, I don't know even how that works theologically, but we're praying. And uh, my son really loves robots, so we're gonna hear about that for a long time to come. So, uh, but yeah, Tomorrowland is a part of Disney that's kind of based on the idea of the technological advances into the future. And I want to read you a couple quotes uh, that Walt Disney said about Tomorrowland. Sounds like my man's preaching. Listen to this. He says, Tomorrowland, it's a vista into the world of wondrous ideas, a step into the future, a prediction of constructive things to come. My favorite, a blueprint into the future. Doesn't that sound like church to you? Like, that's like spiritual almost. So we're going to, if it's okay, we're going to dive right into church. I'm, I'm going straight in to what we're talking about today because with that kind of setup from Walt, I feel like there's just too much for us to discuss. Tomorrowland is a vista or a window into what's to come, a prediction of the constructive things ahead of us, a blueprint of the future. So I want to ask you today, what is your Tomorrowland? What is your blueprint of the future? What is your vista, your window? What is your vision of the future? This is some big questions right here. (laughs) What do you see when you look a little bit down the path? What's the vision, friend? What's the path? What's ahead of you? What do you see, if anything at all? Because admittedly, some people really struggle with this. I'll be the first to say this sermon has been a journey for me to put together because it's an area where I really struggle. I'm great at looking back at sentimental and nostalgic things. I can remember feelings and moments, and I'm pretty good in the present at trying to figure out new ways to solve the problems that we're facing. I can come up with like 10 options of how we can do things differently. But when I look ahead, I struggle a little bit. That's just me. I'm, I'm surrounded by visionaries, thank God. I think of people like Dr. Gary and Dr. Janice, Pastor Jeff, Pastor Amy, even my wife. They have such ability to see things in the future that's not necessarily in my DNA. But at, on Monday morning, Pastor Gary is not going to show up at your house and tell you how your life is going to go. You've been given authority for your life. Jesus came to put you in the place of authority. And so you have to have an answer for where your life is going. Because if there's no direction, if there's no vision, you ain't going anywhere, friend. <laughs> So you have to be able to see. You have to be able to look into the future. And today, if you don't have an answer for some of these questions, you're in good company. Because I believe we're going to see some things today. But what do you see? What's the blueprint of the future? 
the, this idea of Tomorrowland, what is to come, a constructive prediction of days to come. To me, it reminds me in Scripture of this similar idea of promised land. Uh, they just seem so similar. Tomorrowland, promised land. They seem like they just go so hand in hand. That rhymed. But I'm going to rhyme a lot today accidentally. I did it in a couple of the services. And by this time in the day, I get really goofy. So you guys just bear with me. Second service at Kissimmee gets the most wild parts of me. So if you're ready for that, enjoy. If you're new here, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. So uh, t- Tomorrowland and Promised Land, they seem so similar to me because in Scripture, Promised Land is this, this place where the people of Israel were traveling. God brought them out of Egypt and promised them a land flowing with milk and honey, a place to call their own. And so this is kind of their journey. They were bound in Egypt, enslaved in Egypt, uh, beaten and abused and broken in Egypt. And their tomorrow was a promised land and their today was wilderness. Yesterday was Egypt. Tomorrow is promised land. Today is wilderness. Today I'm running from Pharaoh. And, to, and this, today this message, all, all week I've been praying for it, and I've just felt it like deep in my spirit. Like, have you ever prayed and felt one of those like mm, kind of prayers? That's how I felt about this message, that this is for people going through seasons of change in their life. This is for people who are facing transition, and it's, it's pushing you to your limit. I believe this is for new graduates, new parents, people making changes in their vocation, considering moving, considering, uh, you know, new relationship, new marriages. I just believe that there are people in our church who need a word today as they face a season of change. So if that's you, can you just identify with it? Oh, this she almost stood up. I, I'm glad you're here today. I'm glad you're here today. I just believe this word is for you, so I encourage you, lean in and listen. It's my prayer that at some point in the sermon, my voice was kind of dull, and you would hear the voice of God speaking to you about your situation. I can't speak to your life, but God can speak to your life. And whenever that moment happens, stop listening to me and start listening to him. But before that moment happens, please listen to me. So maybe you need to like not be on Instagram. Whatever you need to do, just lean in, because I believe that this word is for some people here today who are going through seasons of transition. So I want to expose right away... One of the biggest enemies of transition, it's fear. Fear cripples our ability to navigate transition. It affects our ability to move forward into the future. It's an it's a enemy of forward movement. And in Exodus 14.10, we see Israel, they just got out of Egypt. They'd been there for 400 years enslaved. And the Bible says that they were groaning for God to deliver them. God, get us out of this. God, get us out of this. God, get us out of this. He finally does it. And a few days later, they find themselves at the Red Sea with Pharaoh's army chasing after them. And they are consumed with fear. And this is what they say in Exodus 14.10. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites look up, and there were Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, listen how sarcastic. Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you had to bring us here to die? What have you done by bringing us out here? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die here in the desert. Listen to how fear is corrupting their reality. They are actually asking that they be put back into slavery than to have to trust God here in this wilderness. And fear makes us long for the past because we find security in the the dysfunctions of our life rather than trusting God with the change of our life. Sometimes fear makes you want the things you ask God to get you out of. I'd rather the things that I hated than the things I don't know, right? We're such control freaks that we would rather the things we hate than the things we don't understand. But fear, it corrupts our reality. And here's where I think a a, a big 
a big flaw is in Israel's thinking. It's, you can see it. I believe that Israel thought once God gets us out of Egypt, everything will be easy. Once he moves in our lives, there should be no more difficulty. Egypt should be the hardest thing we ever have to face. God got us out. It should be all smooth sailing from here. And the moment they face an obstacle, they are consumed with fear because they thought following God meant smooth sailing and straight paths. But that's not how it works. If we think that everything about following God is going to be easy, the moment we encounter difficulty, we will be consumed by fear and want to go back to the things we asked him to get us out of. Friend, no one said this path would be easy. No one said it would be free of difficulty. The promise you do have is that this path will lead to something better in your future. It will lead to a promised land. But no one said it would be easy. So you have to prepare yourself. If you're in a season of change right now, don't expect it to be easy. Don't expect simplicity. You have to be able to trust God in obscurity. Trust him in uncertainty. He brought you out of darkness and into light, but there is still more for you to go through. You're in process. I'm in process. And so fear causes us to look back and say, man, I wish I could could go back to that. So let me ask you a tough question. Let's look at it in the face. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Now, I'm not talking in general like spiders, okay? We're all afraid of spiders. And if you're not, I don't want to know what kind of person you are. (laughs) Like, it should not be. What I mean is, what are you afraid of right now in this season of change? One more time, let's just raise our hands if you said you're going through change right now, you're facing some things. Okay, so what is this season, what are you afraid of? Is it financial? Is your biggest fear right now losing the house? Is that what is plaguing you? Is it relational? Are you afraid that this marriage will not make it? Is it health-related? Are you afraid of what the doctor is going to say this week when you get the report? What is the fear? You've got to look it in the face because that fear is dictating the direction of your life. And if you can't look it in the face and subjugate it to the cross of Christ, then it is going to determine the direction of your life. See, faith pushes us forward into the promises of God, but fear continually pulls us back into the places he's delivered us from. You have to make a decision about how fear will and will not rule your life. And I think the, the reality for Christians is we're never like 100% full of faith, nor are we 100% full of fear. It's like, I feel God in this, but I'm also afraid. You know the, the father in the New Testament that says, Lord, I believe and help my unbelief. It's like, I trust you and I'm afraid. And so whatever of those two realities you give more attention to will dominate your life. I would rather be dominated by the faith that's in me, placed by God and nurtured by God, than to be dominated by the fear that I have conjured up by mistrusting him and looking at the things around me. You have both fear and faith in you, and what you give attention to will dominate. So set your focus on your faith. Set your focus on what you know and who you know God to be. We walk by faith, not by sight. Make a decision about how you're going to trust God because fear will dominate your situation. And it, it makes you continually want to go back to the past. And I'm here today in this red Christmas jacket to be a warning sign for you. Okay? You cannot go back to your past. Do you hear me today? You cannot go back. You must not go back. And I speak prophetically over you today. You will not go back in Jesus' name. No matter how much the enemy's trying to pull you, no matter how, uh, how tempting it seems, you will not go back because there's too much. God's done too much. He's doing too much. And he has too much to do for you to go the wrong direction. You won't do it. You mustn't do it. You can do it. You will not go back in Jesus' name. 
So stop making it an option. Stop making it a possibility. Your past is not a possibility. It's a testimony. So often we get afraid and we say, well, I could. No, you can't. What would it have been like if I would have just married so-and-so? You didn't marry so-and-so. You married this one, and so cling to them and hold to your reality rather than the possibilities. Your path is here. You have to walk it. It's a trick of the enemy to cause us to run the options. The past is not an option. You cannot go back. You must not go back. So the more fruitful question is, you may not live in the past, but does the past live in you? God got the people out of Egypt, but Egypt, oh, someone preached it with me. Egypt was in the people. God got you out of the circumstance, and yet that heart was still in you. He got you out of the the shameful behavior. You were living shameful, living a horrible life. He got you out of the life, and yet you still carry the shame. He got you out of the depressing situation and yet you still carry the depression. He got you out of the abuse, the abuse, and I want to speak to this sensitively because anyone who's been abused physically, uh, verbally, sexually, mentally, you did not deserve that. And it does not reflect the heart of God. But so many people have come out of abusive situations. That person that abused you, they might even be dead, and yet you are still carrying in you the broken identity. You are believing who they said you were, carrying who they said you were, and viewing yourself as the value that they treated you as. He got you out of Egypt, thank God, and yet there's still Egypt in you. And today, God is calling that out because within you, you're carrying past and you cannot step into tomorrow with a soul full of yesterday. It won't work. It won't work. He got you out of Egypt, but now he's working to get Egypt out of you. But how do I get Egypt out of me? How do I get the past out of me? No one's gonna like this answer. The only way to get Egypt out of the people of God is wilderness. Wilderness is the tool God uses to purge Egypt out of his people. He will allow us to wander in the wilderness until every last drop of the past is wrung out of us so that we are clean and empty and ready to receive the fullness of the promised land. See, the promised land is so good, he's not going to let you step into it with a heart full of Egypt. He's going to make sure that you are a clean slate ready to receive the full picture of what he's got because it's so abundant and so overwhelming and so overflowing that there is not room for a full vessel to come in. He needs an empty vessel. He needs a clean slate. It's that good that he's going to let you wander until you are empty and ready for what he has for you. And so you are in a season of change right now. Let me tell you, you're in a season of purging. It's going to break you of some things that you didn't even know were there. It's going to break you of pride. When doors slam in your face, man, I hate that. I hate when doors close, but what do they do? They show me the pride that's in me. And so I have, to, I have to address some things. When things aren't comfortable, when they aren't pretty, when they don't go the way I want, when I don't understand what's happening, it's purging me of my past, purging me of the things that can't go with me into my future. And so we need to change our mentality toward transition. If you're in transition right now, if you're in change, if you're in a season of uncertainty, don't look at it as punishment. Look at it as preparation. God is not punishing you in this wilderness. He's preparing you in this wilderness. In fact, the wilderness is proof of the promised land because God would have left you in Egypt if there was no promised land. But because there's a promised land, he had to bring you into wilderness. He had to bring you to this season because there's a promise. And it's so good, you have to trust him. See, if, if, if he could have 
just picked his people up and transported them from Egypt to promised land, they would not have been able to receive the land that was already theirs. Because God needs possessors to walk into their land, but they were still prisoners in their heart. He needs conquerors, and they were still slaves. He needs kings, and they were still slaves. And until you are ready to walk in like the king, the queen that God's destined you to be, he's going to let you flex your muscles in the wilderness. He's going to let you build up your strength. He's going to let you learn how to trust him in the wilderness so that you can handle the weight of the promised land. Because be careful putting God on your timetable saying, God, bring the promised land. You don't know how heavy that weight is. He's preparing you now so that you can handle how big that blessing is. Because it's a, re- a responsibility. It's a it's a, it's a, 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 a Uh, an honor to step into God's promises, but you ain't ready yet. And if you're not there yet, it's because you ain't ready yet. And so when you're in seasons of uncertainty, thank God that he knows that you still need one more lap. All right, God, I don't want to. I want to step into the promise, but if you need to do something else in me, do it. Prepare me, prepare me, prepare me. And if your preparation seems like it's taking a long time, I've got good news for you. It must mean that the blessing is so great you needed a little extra time. You're like, no, you're just trying to hype me up. No, it's about perspective because you either believe God is punishing you or that he actually loves you, that he's actually good. And if, he's, if you are feeling like you're just doing laps, it's because he loves you. He wouldn't punish you. He wouldn't withhold just to tease you. He's got purpose to it. Wilderness purges us and prepares us for what God is going to do. So instead of being impatient, let's flip the script. Embrace your season. I'm not here to preach to you how to get out of your season. I'm preaching to you on how to embrace it, how to live it in a way that glorifies God. Say, God, thank you for this wilderness. I've been walking around this dang wilderness for 40 years. It should have taken 11 days. That's how long the trip should have taken, and it took them 40 years. I've been in this dang wilderness 40 years. I ain't got a place to sleep, but I thank you that I'm not in Egypt anymore. You brought me out of Egypt. I have no chains on me. I know there's a promise saying I don't know when I'm going to see it, but this wilderness is proof that you are leading me to something greater. You got to hold on to that promise. And that, you know, they prefer, another thing, fear dictates a lot of their behavior, but also discomfort. They were hungry. They were hangry. You would not want to be in a wilderness with me, I assure you. I would get grumpy really fast. And they, they were uncomfortable. And so it caused them to complain a lot. Exodus 16, 2, it says, In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you brought us out into this desert to starve the entire time. I'm sorry, what, Israel? You would really rather be slaves just to get some food to eat? You would really rather go back to bondage? Have you forgotten the prayers you prayed back then? Have you forgotten the tears you cried? See, present discomfort causes us to idolize the past and forget the pain that we ask God to deliver us from. We just look back and we think, oh man, the grass was green back there. No, it wasn't. You, you prayed God would get you out of that grass. And just because you're looking back and dis- uncom- you're uncomfortable now doesn't mean that there's something back there for you. You tried everything back there, right? You cried all the tears. You hit all the dead ends. There's nothing back there. And so often we think, man, you know, when we're uncomfortable now, my relationship, it's a little tough right now. But man, when I was with them, we used to laugh all the time. <sighs> And we think of like the one comfortable thing of our past, and we want to go back there. 
Okay, yeah, you might have been laughing all the time, but do you not remember that was the most toxic relationship of your life? You were laughing your way to destruction. And yeah, you might not be laughing a lot right now, but you're heading toward a promise of God. Don't look back at one little piece of comfort and lust after what makes you comfortable. Long for what makes you more like Jesus. That's the path we need to be on, uncomfortable or not. So let me ask you this. What discomfort is making you want to turn around right now? What in your season is just making you like, I'm, I'm kind of over this. If I have to face this one more week, if I have to go through this one more time, I'm out. Be careful giving God your ultimatums like that, like putting him on your timetable. He's going to leave you in the wilderness as long as he needs to to accomplish his purposes in your life. And so if you're uncomfortable, learn to love the discomfort. <laughs> Learn to trust in the uncertainty because God has a plan. And let's, let's address probably what is the biggest discomfort. It's the unknown. Like it's the fear of the unknown, what we don't understand. It kind of plagues all of us. But let's kind of, let's talk about this. How much is really unknown with God? We're not gambling. Like open the book. Here's what I do know about your future. That God knows what it is, that he has plans for it, to prosper you, to give you hope, to give you future, that there will be new mercies every single morning you wake up, that he's leading you from darkness into light, that you're the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom, that you're above and not beneath, that he has destined you for greatness, that he was slain before the foundation of the world and paid for you to have a life and life more abundantly. How much more do you really need to know? We have enough facts right here to give us every we need to trust him in our uncertainties. Can you trust him? The only thing we don't know is timing. Really. I know that God will bless you. I know that God will prosper you and give you hope in a future because he already told us he would. The only thing we don't know is when and how it will look. But can't you trust him with enough of that? Isn't that enough to trust him? He's at work. You see, you either learn to transition or this is where it ends. <laughs> you either are going to make it through this season in faith or this is where it ends. And I'm, I'm not content for us to end here in this season, friends. We can't die here. We can't end here. A whole generation of Israel died in the desert. It should have taken them 11 days and a whole generation died because they just walked around and grumbled and grumbled and grumbled and grumbled. If they would have stopped their grumbling after 11 days, they would have made it out. But they grumbled for 40 years. They stayed in a season of uncertainty and transition because they could not learn the lesson they had to learn in it. And their, their purpose ended there at an unlearned lesson. Friends, let's learn the lesson today that we need to learn so we can continue moving forward. You're not going to get stuck here. You're not doomed to this. You're not bound to this. You will grow and thrive in this. Your faith will be better for it. And in fact, I can guarantee later in your journey, you're going to look back at this season that you're crying about now, and you're going to thank God for it. Because this season is the one that's making you the man of faith that you will be one day. This season is the one that's making you the woman of character that you need to be as you step into your promised land. This season right here is God's tool to bless you, not to hurt you. Oof. There's purpose to what you're in right now. And this isn't just about your old life before Jesus. You know, this is about your whole journey. I, I can think of different times where I look back on my walk with God and I'm like, man, remember when I was in youth? Youth ministry was so great. Oh, man, remember when we used to do this at our church? Remember that small group? I can look back at times in my life and long for moments that have already passed. 
Friends, there is more for you ahead. There is more for you ahead. Don't look back and long for what God did because if God did it, then he's gonna do better ahead because he takes us from glory to glory. He moves us forward. The latter days are greater than the former. And if he did something great, guess what that means? He's gonna outdo himself tomorrow. God will always lead us forward and higher. And so we have to get a vision, like Walt Disney said, a vista of our future. We have to look down that path and step into the future. This is a really dumb example, but it's kind of like a surprise birthday party for you, right? It's your birthday, you're heading home, and your spouse is in the seat, and they're texting like crazy. You're like, huh. What you doing? Nothing. Okay. You pull up to your house, there's 32 cars in the driveway. It would be like you saying, babe, I can't go in there. I don't know what's going to happen. What if it's negative? What if it's bad? I don't know what's in there. Friend, put two and two together. It's your birthday. There's an appointment. There's an event. There's something that's been set by those who love you. And you don't know exactly what it looks like in there. But you can be pretty sure that if you would just step inside, you're going to see the fullness of what's already been planned, already been prepared without you knowing it, a celebration of love created for you, destined for you, and revolving around you and you alone. Go inside that. There's going to be cake in there. I can tell you for sure. There's going to be cake in there. Someone said amen. <laughs> so often we, we come up to the threshold of seasons that God has ordained for us, and we see all the details lining up. We see the 32 cars in the driveway. We can tell something's happening, and we get right to the threshold, and we say, I can't do it. I'm scared. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what it's going to look like. No, you don't know what it's going to look like, but you know the one who planned it. You can trust that he orchestrated the event. Step into your future. You don't know who's going to be in there, but it doesn't matter who's going to be in there. You don't know who's going to be here for the long haul. There are people who I pray are here for the long haul in my life, and I pray that you have lifers, but it doesn't matter. People are going to come in. They're going to come out. They're going to go, and if they go, you can't keep them anyway, so let them go. The only person that needs to be in that party is you because it's your destiny. The only person that you need in your future is you. Don't worry about when people leave and exit and abandon your life. If they couldn't come with you, they weren't going to go anyway. Keep walking into your future regardless of who is and isn't with you because if Jesus is there that's all that matters it's your life not theirs so make a decision to step into that future make a decision to enter into the celebration of love the the plan that God has created for you and God is doing new things let's stop just wanting the things he's done in the past let's hunger for new things at the center of Tomorrowland in Disney, there's something called a Kugel ball. It's like a, a physics and science phenomenon. It's a six-ton granite ball that sits at the center of Tomorrowland. I think we have a picture. There it is. Anyone seen that? I don't know who that kid is. Sorry. Um, so <laughs> it's this six-ton granite ball that sits atop a perfect spherical hole with a, a, a water gushing underneath it. And the, the perfect balance of this ball on the amount of pressure of water that's there will allow even a child to come up and turn this six-ton boulder, just like spin it around. It's like a science phenomenon. I was reading this. I was like, is this magic? Like, I don't understand. So a child can come up and spin this ball, which is fascinating in and of itself. But here's what I really found fascinating, that if you were to remove that boulder from that fountain, the amount of water that is there, 
is so great, there's so much pressure beneath the surface that it would shoot over 150 feet in the air, higher than Old Faithful in Yellowstone. It would be so much higher than what people could imagine. But looking at that, there's so much pressure under the surface that if someone would just remove that boulder, it would shoot into the air. Let me read Isaiah 43 to you one more time. Behold, I am doing a new thing, and now it is springing up. I believe that in our lives, God is not saying he will do a new thing. He is doing a new thing beneath the surface. And if you don't see it, it must mean that there is something blocking your vision of it. Whether you can see it or not doesn't change the fact that it's there. There is a 150-foot geyser in this picture. We can't see it, but it's still there. There is a life of purpose in you. There is a destiny There is a a, a new business. There is a ministry. There is a book. There is a family. There is something that is in you that might not be visible right now, but that doesn't negate the fact that it is there. God is doing a new thing here and now, and your job is to simply remove anything that gets in the way so that that purpose and that destiny can shoot up in your life and be visible to you and everyone around, not for your glory, but for the glory of God. So we need to remove that which is getting in the way so that what God is doing can be visible to us. So a few more tough questions. What's that boulder for you? What's blocking the new thing? What's in the way? You know God's calling you to something, but what is making you hesitate? He's called you to launch a business, called you to step out. But man, your paycheck currently is really nice. (laughs) That paycheck is like six tons sitting on a fountain in you. And you're like, I would, I would love to have a little more assurance before I step out. Friend, you will never get the assurance until you step out. I can look at this stage all day and say, I wonder if it's going to hold my weight. I wonder if it's going to hold my weight. But until I put my weight into it, I will never be able to know for sure until I actually step out. And God is waiting for you to remove the boulder, to remove your doubt, and then you'll see what you knew in your heart was really there all along. See, you have to have a conviction that God is doing a new thing. And if he said it, I have to go for it. If God has told you something, friend, go for it, no matter how scary it seems, no matter how unsure of it you feel. If he said go, you have to go. Remove those obstacles because he is doing something and it will shoot up in your life. Remove those blocks. Remove the things that are in the way. Oh man, I feel like some people are really contemplating doing it. You're really thinking about it. He's put it on your heart. You're like, your heart's pounding right now. This is, this is a very different service than the other two. A very different feel. Because I feel like some people in here are actually going to do it. Your palms are sweating. (laughs) You're, You're very aware of what I'm describing. There are some things you need to just do. And you'll see the newness that God has promised he's doing. But again, I want to assure you, he's already doing it here and now. It's beneath the surface. It's not a question of whether or not it's there. The moment you step out, you will see it springing up. I want to end with this story. Uh, I'm the father of a a little boy. He's just over two years old. Malachi is so great. And um, any parents have kids around that age? Let me see. Okay, love you guys. (laughs) I'm praying for all of us. No, they're blessings. But Malachi loves to run. This boy from the moment he wakes up to the moment he goes to sleep. His feet are just smacking on the floor of our house. Like, like he's just always, he's got this bouncy red curly hair and he just, his elbows, this is how he runs all the time. He's just always, always running. And, and I love it. I love his energy, but he has this really bad habit. And I'm betting some parents here can relate. Malachi runs like this. Right? 
And the amount of times I've had to watch him fall and get hurt and cry and injure himself and get upset and get emotional, I can't even count. And as a good father, I find myself yelling the same thing over and over to him. Malachi, look where you're going because you cannot move forward with your vision turned backward. And I believe as the church, so many of us are trying to move forward, but our eyes are backward. And what happens is we fall and we get hurt. And when we get hurt, we doubt whether or not the path was ever good to begin with. But it's not God's fault that you fell. It's your decision to turn your eyes forward and to hit your stride. So church, it's time to stop looking back at what has happened, what God brought you out of, what you used to be. I command and urge you today, look where you're going. Get a vision of the future. Get a vision of what he's called you. The plan is for hope. The plan is for a future. You're going to reach lives. You're going to change lives. You're going to be a light in our city. You're going to be a family that radiates with the goodness of God. The business will bless others. The ministry will bless others. Your life will bless others. Look where you're going. Hit your stride and run with everything you've got. If you receive it today, someone give God praise. Look where you're going. Would everyone stand with us today? Look where you're going. Get a vision for it. Jesus is a good shepherd. He leads us to green pastures and to still waters. Now he might lead us through the valley of the shadow of death, but the reason we fear no evil in the valley of the shadow of death is because we have a picture of green pastures and still waters. And until my reality matches up with my conviction, I'm gonna keep walking. And until your reality matches up with your conviction, you keep running, have that picture. My family will be a light to our city. This business will fund the purposes of the kingdom. My body will be healthy and whole. My, my, my mental health will be better than it's ever. Get a picture up here and don't stop running until what's up here looks like what's out here. Look where you're going and let the shepherd take you there. Thanks for listening. Your generosity makes this broadcast possible. So if you'd like to be a part of what God is doing here, click give at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. Join us again for more great teachings like this one.